Podcast. I'm your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo, and we have a guest this week. Uh, Mr. Blues Hat is with us. Thanks for coming on. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Okay, so yeah, so we uh, unfortunately he's not on better uh, news or anything like that since the Blues are in the current midst of a uh, free fall. Oh, it's uh, terrible. Uh, so as of right now, we're on. It's a Thursday night, uh, snowy St. Louis. Uh, the Blues currently sit in thirtieth place out of 32 teams if you told me that on july 3rd of this year i wouldn't have believed you i'd have laughed you out of the building it's uh yeah it's quite amazing uh, it's definitely not where where any of us thought we would be so everything is pretty much falling apart uh last night the most recent loss a very in my opinion lackadaisical effortless outside maybe a couple players loss um you can throw – people are throwing on Jay Bomeister. Yeah, the puck did go in off him. Uh, he, he played an okay game, I guess, after that, but still. I mean uh, – I thought, Al, I thought Alan played actually well. Let's go with the positive there. He actually played Alan pretty well. Played great. But, he, you know, Jason, here's here's my thought on Bomeister, and you and I talked about this yesterday afternoon before the game, is that it's now not a matter of if but how he's going to find a way to cost the team a goal. Be it, you know, being in the wrong position or turning the puck over at the blue line or putting it in his own net or whatever. It's like you can just count on the fact that Bo Meester is going to be, his new number should be minus one because that is what he starts every game at. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it, it's It's unfortunate of the way of the world, the way these things happen. But, I mean, they do snowball. Yeah. Um, you know, Allen is, is another example of that. Um, you know, I still believe he's got some ability. He's 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 probably, if, if we could straighten up some of the other problems, would be adequate enough. But it's just everything just steamrolls. And, it, you know, it's, you know, and he brought it on himself, with, you know, two years of having to take a mental vacation yeah, uh, in, in January, but you know, and having these 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 stretches, and uh, you know, it just it piles on, and so everything just gets magnified, and it, it's it takes on a life of its own. Well, uh, the other thing that I I brought up the other day in talking was, um, it seems like the leash that this team gets from the fans is getting exponentially shorter year by year, and I think that's because. You know, what, three years ago, we got that taste of we're close. You know, you, you go to game six against the Sharks with the chance to go to the to the, to the Stanley Cup final. And that's the closest we'd really been. I mean, yeah, we went to the Western Conference Finals in 97 against Colorado, but we were never really in that series. Whereas you look at that team from three years ago, and, man, I, I really think that team could have won the whole damn thing if a couple of a couple of breaks here and there had gone different. And I think you're now starting to see the culmination of what are we in now, year 52 of never getting over the hump. And I think because this team has gotten so close and has now spent so much money and you have ownership in place who wants to spend money to bring in talent and win games, that the fan base is ready and it's not going to get easier. I think it's going to get harder and harder for this team to go through losing streaks like this without the fan base getting very vocal and very, very combative. Well, yeah, and, and you bring a very good point. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times I'll, I'll get uh, get some pushback from the sunshine and rainbows crowd, as I call them, about, well, you know, how can you boo or how can you do this and how can you do that to your hockey team? No. And it's because I have, you know, 30 years of disappointment 
behind yeah. everything Agreed. before that. You know, it it didn't just start yesterday. It's been thirty years. Yeah, I yeah. I don't understand the segment of the fan base who who says that you can't boo your team. You absolutely can. If and I've always said, like, accept the congratulations and the accolades, they can accept the booze. Agreed. And and my thing is, and, and Jason and I, you know, Jason, you can chime in on this too. If if the blues went out and played hard and lost four to one, four to two, I would be upset, but I wouldn't boo. I at least expect them to go out and try. And not try for 40 minutes, but try for 60. That game against uh, Minnesota two weeks ago, um, WWE night, when that team came out in the third period, you could tell that they just wanted it to be over. And yeah, I mean, you were like what, six rows, and we, you looked at each other like, they don't want to be here. No. And that I just I can't accept. When you get paid – that much money that even if you don't like any job you have because at the end of the day like this is their job you are paid to do your job i don't care how hard that job is you you don't do it for 75 percent of the time and then go you know what this is just getting really hard i'm gonna go home well and that used to be a hallmark of blues teams you know yeah we never won but you know that they gave everything they had every night and you know the last what, say, 10 years, I guess? That hasn't been the case. Yeah, it seems like it's, it's kind of like we talked about earlier. It's been exponentially worse through, eh, let's say, the last five years for sure. Um, yeah. Since then, probably, you can probably say since the Western Conference Finals, really, um, where they turned over, quote-unquote, quote, the new new core, whatever you want to call it, the hell you want to call it. It seems like it's been harder and harder. And, yeah, if you want to throw it on, a lot of people I know the whole C thing is a big kind of hot topic right now too. I don't know if we want to dive into that that crap, but like Petrangelo is the captain. It doesn't mean nobody else can talk in the room. Um, the numerous reports have come out about like how Ryan O'Reilly's been on the ice with the young guys and more vocal and stuff, and Steen has a voice in the locker room and stuff. I think Petrangelo is just the more like silent. He won't get in your face and scream. Do play, certain players need that? I think. Just, yeah, I think I think I think a guy that they said in the past, which uh, I remember, remember Bacchus fought Tarasenko during practice one day because he wasn't doing a drill right or something, something crazy like that. And maybe that's what something that Tarasenko needs because look, he's slowly fallen off the last couple of years. Mind you, I say fall often, but he's still thirty goal scorer. This year, he's when he's had been on O'Reilly's line, he's been a different player. Like last yeah. night when he was diving and blocking shots, that's a guy we've not seen in seven years. Like, he's been an offensive player who, you know, plays defense here and there, but he's trying to round out his game this year. Part of me thinks there's something going on in the locker room. I don't know if there's a divide, which has been talked about, or if there's something else going on where it's the coaching, what you've turned over coaches and you've turned over players. There's only maybe a handful of players left that are considered, you know, that have been here a long time. I guess Petrangelo, Steen, um, in the list, yeah. I mean, that's about it right now because you got rid of like Bergwin was there, you know, Bacchus is gone, Oshie's gone. I mean, all that guys that was the original core when we first kind of came out of the lockout, that core's been turned over. Now you're trying to move on to this next core. You know, are they the right guys to lead? You know, part of me is starting to think maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we got rid of the wrong guys after all. Well, <laughs> the one thing in, in I would love to get your thoughts on this is I think it's become obvious that what we lost in David Backus is way much more in off the ice than it is on the ice. And I, I understand and I respect Armstrong's position of not wanting to go the extra year. And that's his prerogative to do so. But I think what has become apparent is that while you can replace his position on the ice, we have yet to replace a strong leadership person in that locker room, regardless of if that person has a C on their chest or not. So let me play devil's advocate just to kind of turn this back on you. 
you know, we talked just a second ago about Petrangelo and whether or not yanking the C does any good. Um, you know, and here you are saying, well, Bacchus was that leader. I mean, oh, so I, you're but kind I don't of think that C made him the leader. I think he was that leader with or without a C on his chest. I think that I, I, I'm talking more to, to losing the caliber of person David Bacchus was more so than the fact that he had a C on his chest. I think that he he could have given that C to Petrangelo and stayed on the team, and this team would have still been fine because David Backus is who David Backus is. And I don't think we have that type of a leader in the locker room. I can see that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic where – you know, like I like I said, the same thing. I get why Armstrong moved on because of the contract thing, and you had other guys coming up, and you're you know trying to fit certain guys under it and stuff. But um, yeah, the kind of person that maybe he was behind the scenes is something that hasn't been replaced yet because I think Petrangelo is a different type of guy, and I think that's something that is maybe more easy to get walked over on compared to Backus, where Backus wouldn't put up with it. I don't know. Like we're not there, and we really don't get everything, but you can tell there's been a change since then where this team doesn't stick up for each other. Right. Um, during the um, JR's chat on The Athletic today, he said that a, a long-time NHL scout said the one thing that this team do, does not do that's very apparent to him is they don't play for each other, which is some, saying something when you've turned over the roster almost this season. You literally brought in a handful of new guys guys who are supposed to be very good leaders and yet you're still having the same problem. And is that a, is that from the top bottom? Like, let me get your guys' opinion. Is that like a coach on down problem? GM on down problem? What is that? I think honestly, to me, what the issue is, there are too many issues. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to point out the glaring stuff, but you know, it's kind of one of these, some of the parts thing, you know, each one in itself is probably not that bad. But when you've got a team that doesn't trust a goaltender, the goaltender doesn't trust the D, you've got a coach that apparently ha- you know has trouble putting a defensive scheme together, you have no heart, you have inconsistent score. I mean, you just lump all these things in together, and that's why we're in the basement. It's no one thing. It's just this clusterfuck of things happening at one time. I would agree with that. I think that um, I think this team is – Honestly, probably in a bit of shell shock itself. Um, you know, you look at the way the season ended last year and the checklist of things that this team needed. We needed supplementary scoring. We needed another centerman. We needed, you know, to fix the power play. All these offensive needs, you know, because we were solid defensively. Goaltending continues to be a question mark. But we knew that, for better or worse, we had hitched our train to Allen, and that what we needed to do was work on scoring. Well, the team's done that. And, you know, look at the clip, aside from last night and an occasional game, look at the clip at which this team is scoring. And it's much better than it was last year. The irony is the one part of this team that didn't need to be fixed has now completely fallen apart. And that's the defense. Yeah. I mean, um, which is saying something. And my thing is, especially when it comes to somebody like Pareko or Petrangelo, where guys, Pareko had a very good rookie season. And you may, mind you, it maybe slipped a little bit, but uh, Petrangelo was, I mean, he's, he's been in the top 10 or t- at least top 15 Norris voting for the last handful of years. So, I mean, he's, he's a very good defenseman. My thing is you just don't lose that. Like this year, he's been very bad. He's improved the last couple of games, but he's been really bad the last couple well, of games. He was saddled with Bowmeister. Yeah, so is it, is it saddled with him? Is it de- is a defensive scheme? Is it like you're trying to, like, is he trying to protect the, the Jay Bowmeister thing? I think it's all of it. I think it is a good mix of both. And my, and my thing is, like – the, this team, when it was – when we were humming along, it's when they had Ken Hitchcock, when he was, you know, first came in after we were sucking after Davis Payne. Davis Payne was a quote-unquote player's coach. You know, he wasn't really a hard-ass or anything. He just tried to be buddy-buddy, supposedly. 
They brought Hitchin to be a taskmaster, and this team turned it around that season and wound up finishing, you know, very well. And it was the same roster. They didn't make any trades or nothing. And they wound up turning around and playing great from November through, I think they were out in the first or second round. They played the Kings that year, I think. Yeah. And so my thing is you're looking at the mirror image of that from years ago. You're having a young coach who's kind of a player's coach who's having trouble, you know, bringing a very talented group of guys together and getting something together. A guy like Joel Quenville will be perfect for this team. Like, who knows what's going on behind the scenes right now? They could be trying to get him right now. Quenville might be playing hardball. He might not want to come back right now. Who knows? But, there, you know, there's reports out there saying that he is wanting to coach this year possibly. Uh, depends on what Chicago – is they're going to let him out of his contract or the Blues pay for it? Who knows? Uh, so do you guys think uh, – is that – if you had to make one move right now, one move – I'll go with Chris first – one move to help turn this team around right now before tomorrow night's game against Vegas, what would you do? You've got to change the coach. I, I It's it's cliche, um, but it's the easiest and most immediate thing that you can do. I mean, if we want to play fantasy hockey, it's change the goaltender, but that doesn't happen tomorrow. You know, you mm-hmm. don't trade Jake Allen for – somebody tonight and that guy's in goal tomorrow. Um, so if you're asking me realistically, what do you do tonight? You relieve, you relieve Mike Yo of his duties and you get somebody, I don't care if it's a contest winner, to coach that team tomorrow night and you figure out how to get Joel Quinville behind that bench as quickly as you can. And if you have to pay, I know it's a lot of money. But, you know, it's not a salary cap hit. And if I'm Tom Stillman and I'm the ownership group of this team, I make that spend because the alternative is you start losing the fan base. And then you lose money a lot quicker than you do if you have to spend to get Joel Quinville behind this bench tomorrow. Yep, that's, that's absolutely right. This, this team cannot afford to lose the goodwill that has built up over the last number of years since, since Stillman is – is taking charge. Um, it's it will take much longer to build it up than it will to tear it down. Yeah. Um, I, I think ultimately what you end up paying Quinville will will be worth it in the end. And that's, that's I think that's where most I think that's where I would say seventy five to eighty percent of the Blues fans are at right now. Where I think a coaching change needs to be made. Um, When's it going to happen? Who knows? Uh, everybody thought after the end of the homestand, if they finished bad, it would happen. Uh, now everybody's like the end of this road trip, it might happen. Now it's like Thanksgiving. You can't let them slip much longer. If, if you look at the 30th, schedule, at the, the last week of the month, we have like a three-day break. I mean, to me, that's that's the point at which you do it. It's, 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 it's hard to do it here on a road trip with back-to-backs. You know, then you come home again, and you're you're basically playing every other day. Um, I think you got to get to that little break in the schedule where you've got time for the new coach to come in and, and put some new systems in. They're not going to have any time to to change anything on the road, so um, it, it's it's not going to happen in the next two weeks. Yeah, because uh, I was just going to go over the schedule. So starting tomorrow night, which is November sixteenth, they play in Vegas. Then they play at San Jose the next night. Um, two teams they beat last week, but two teams that are turning around since then. Vegas had a big win against last night against Anaheim. Uh, Sharks have had a couple wins since then. They come home and play the Kings, and then Nashville, and then they go to Nashville, and then they come back home, another back-to-back uh, Thanksgiving weekend against the Jets as well. And like you said, then they have a break until Wednesday at Detroit. So that Jets game could be the last possible game, but at that point, are we? That'll be how many more games is that? One, two, three, four, five games from now. Right. Five games. So the Blues have that'll make them etch. They will be at that'll be 13, Quarter 16, 20, 21 games in. Is that so? That would that be enough time to turn it around? That'll be what 60, 61 games left. What concerns me more than the fact that we'd be over twenty games is the fact that you're looking at again, another four division games against the top echelon of this division. 
which you, which uh, I think I saw there was a stat that they haven't had a win outside of the Chicago game since February of last year. Yeah, sounds right. February this year, last season. But I mean, it, it's been a while. So they. Uh, and here's the thing, I would not be surprised at all if this team goes to the West Coast this week and beats Vegas and San Jose again. I, I just wouldn't. Like I have absolutely no idea what to expect when this team takes the ice. I agree with you 100%. Seven to three, they can lose 9-1. I, I don't know. You can't bank on, on any game. It, it, all the gimme games, we lose. The ones we're supposed to lose, we win. Yeah. Uh, you know, you put up a couple of games, you think, oh, they figured it out. Then then they throw a stinker. It's There is absolutely no way of figuring out what kind of effort this team is going to give you on any given night. I, I agree. I mean, twice now, I've really thought, okay, they turned this corner. And then both times, they come out and lay a big sweaty poop right at center ice. And it just, it, it kills all momentum. And, and, you know, I think that part of the problem with this fan base is, let's be honest, this city will forever be a baseball town. We love hockey, but we are born and raised Cardinals fans. And until recently, where you see the Cardinals start to decline, the Cardinals have been very successful, not just over the last 10 to 15 years, but over their entire franchise. The only There's only one team in, in pro baseball with more championships than the Cardinals, and that's the Yankees. It, it is this fan base in this city will support you, but as you saw with the Rams towards the end of their tenure, if you're not going out there and putting your boots on and, and putting in the effort to win, they will leave you behind. And yeah, that's that what's scared me with this team is you saw it, you know, when we went through the sale with Checkets and this team bottomed out, and it truly wasn't the team's fault because you had an owner that just gutted the team to make it easy to sell. You saw the fans walk away. And it wasn't until they started making the playoffs again and you go back to the kids' line back in 08 when you had Perron and Oshie and Berglund and the excitement came back that fans slowly and cautiously started to come back to this team. Well, and, and to answer your question, Jason, earlier, you know, can we afford to wait that? You know, I mean, it's it's – well, one, you never know how many of those we're going to actually win. I mean, yeah. we could win three, we could win one, you don't know. But, you know, even if we miss the playoffs, if you, you make that coaching change at the end of the month and, and the team turns it around and, and they put on their work boots and they put the effort, there's a lot of players that, that uh, the, the fans in this city can get behind. Um, and we see the effort being put in. Um, you know, they'll come back. Do we miss the playoffs? Yeah, maybe, and that's a disappointment. But, you know, you set yourselves up better for next year. I, I think that's right, and I think that's key. That's a much better way of saying what I was saying is I think it comes down to effort and showing the effort. If this team is trying, the fans stay. But if this team doesn't look like it cares, the fans will walk. Yep. Uh, like I said, you guys basically said, and we'll keep going over and over again, basically. You're at the point where the goodwill is, I think it's at the where it's going to be, and then you're starting to wear it out now. Like, you, you brought in, like, Armstrong is amazingly, after all the kind of crap that you pulled off with the Laterra Berglund deals, somehow got rid of those guys and brought in upgrades because of Shen and O'Reilly are obvious upgrades. And for some reason, like, this team has just gone by the wayside, which is very odd to me, so... At, at what point do you think, and whose decision is it ultimately, at what point do does this team have to admit that the game has passed Jay Bowmeister by? I think, I, I honestly think it's uh, with Yo, it's it's going to take something catastrophic. And sadly enough, we haven't hit that point yet. Here's the thing for me, though. What is Bo Meester's problem? Is he hurt, or is he just not playing well? I mean, th- this whole 
you know, he's ready to go for the season. Then all of a sudden, a month later, oh, his yeah, he's, he's still – his hips bother him. Well, first of all, what is it? If he's injured, put him on IR, yeah. get, him off the, get him off the roster, get that cap relief, get him healthy, and find somebody else that can play in his position. This right. whole – his hip is bothering him, but we're still going to play him, that's asinine. That is – I. It is I agree. beyond description for me. I, I don't I don't get that in any way, shape, or form. I, I don't think Jay Bomeister has been the same player since that Iron Man streak broke. And and my fear is that, and you see this with a lot of athletes, once the body starts to break down, it's a quick descent. And I don't think anyone thought it would be this quick with Jay Bomeister. But I, I think that the injuries have all caught up to him. And all these things that he played through for so many years are all now just coming at him like tidal waves. And, you know, you know, Jason, you brought this up the other night when we talked. To me, this screams of late-era Barrett Jackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, I mean, like, like as we talked many times, it's, Jackman's life, uh, like probably one of my favorite players of all time, but like near the end, it's like everything he did, it just seemed to be magnified. Like it would be screw up and it'd be in the back of the net and people would be screaming for his head. And it's just, it's super parallel to what's going on with Jay Bomeister right now. It's near the end of his contract. It's he's getting paid more than he's worth. And that the coach is not seeing they're You're going by the Jay Bomeister slash Barrett Jackman of five, six years ago. And not the Bear Jackman, Joe, B- Joe B- Bomeister of what's going on now. Obviously, he can't skate as well as he did, and that was what he lived on. That's what Jay Bomeister's game was based off of. He was the guy that could rush up the ice, make a good pass, and get back on defense because he had the speed and skate backwards pretty well. Now he's getting smoked no matter what. And I thought the using him in very short minutes and maybe on the PK here and there would be good. Obviously, that's not working out. So I don't know what the breaking point is for Mike Yo. I think he is a, he's going back to what he did in Minnesota where he's leaning on the veterans and that's what got him fired. He didn't trust any of the young kids and you can see that by him sitting done earlier this year. Um, he's, you know, he had to use Thomas up in that lineup now due to Shen being hurt, but he wouldn't use young kids in prime positions. He's trying to now. He started at Jay Bowmeister for a while, but I could do the injury. He's back to using him again. So I don't know what's the breaking point is, but they, they have to figure it out soon one way or another. How much do we miss Bortuzzo? And, and oh, would you God. ever think you would hear somebody say that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, as much as I he bothered me at certain times and the fancy stats show, yeah, he hasn't been great this year. But having him on the PK, I'd rather have him than J. Bo Meester right now. And unfortunately, he just, he, out of necessity, he has to be there. I, I told you with Chris the other day, the way Chris Butler played earlier this year, I wasn't a big Butler fan, but, man, he played 100 times better than J. Bo Meester playing right now. You should swap those two guys and get the cap relief. Uh, J. Bo Meester has a no-trade clause, not a no-movement clause, so you can send him down. If he doesn't like getting sent down, you can ask him to mutually terminate the contract. And you can let him go that way. And there won't be any kind of penalty because the contract was signed before he was 35. I don't know what else. I mean, that's what I would do. But I think there's a certain loyalty. I don't know if it's a yo thing or Armstrong thing to him. I really don't know. And I think that's the problem, too. They hold on to somebody too long. Like, was it they hold on to Hitchcock too long? This is a discussion for another day. But that's one of the things that I think holds the – uh, the front office of the Blues back is there is still uh, an old school cronyism, um, you know, hanging on to, to nostalgic players and, and that kind of thing uh, and putting people in positions that they're not necessarily great at um, and, and getting input, you know, again, in, in not really having, uh, you know, a coach's mentality or an advisor's mentality. They're just here because, you know, they were a, a good soldier back in the day. Um, I, I think that's really one of the things that's that's holding the Blues back from getting over the hump as well. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Like I said, it's a long discussion for another time, but uh, they're going to have to figure it out soon because, like I said, they're running out of time. I think you're right along the lines of the coaching change. If it does happen, it's probably going to be after Thanksgiving due to the condensed schedule right now. 
unless they're barring a massive collapse. We're talking like they get blown out of the water these next two games. Like we're talking like six, seven, nothing games. That's the only way I kind of see a coaching change happening. And then right there, and it might be interim coach. It might be Berube jumping in just because they have a limited amount of time until they get um, somebody like Quinnville, Vigneault, or whoever they want to bring in. So I don't know. Like that's, So basically that's what we think of the current kind of status of the team. Um, we'll do a quick Blues news for what happened today. Uh, Braden Shen was on IR. That's a weird kind of transactional thing because he practiced today, and Yo expects him to possibly play tomorrow, which is weird. Uh, Pat Maroon is sent back to St. Louis due to an upper body injury. He will not play the next two games. Uh, Sammy Belay is back up with the Blues. Um, he had a he finally had a goal in uh, San Antonio. They actually won a game finally. They're doing just as bad as the Blues. They're four and twelve. So uh, not great all around for the Blues organization right now, to say the least. So, uh, all right, we'll get into the kind of thing why we kind of had both you guys here. So earlier, I'm trying as I was trying to while you guys are talking, pull up the conversation you guys had it was about a week ago now on uh, Twitter about kind of uh, the normal thing that's been kind of going on with uh, Twitter these days. It seems to be uh, the I guess to put it simply, when me and Crispin kind of say we say the pro woo anti woo kind of crowd. Woo gay. Woogate, I guess that's what we're going with. Um, that's only part of the crux, I guess, that we're on. But we'll, we'll just bring that to the forefront. So you guys had a very good, like, and compared to how the people treat it online, is very civil back and forth. So I was trying to go back over because it was quite a bit between uh, you two and also Fabry's hair was kind of jumped in there here and there, or where he's yeah. Fabry's stash now, whatever the hell he is. So, um, so let's just get into that. So I kind of, like said, I'm going to play uh, moderator pretty much. And kind of just, we're just going to kind of go back and forth a little bit. Just do a quick little talk about it. So uh, Chris will kind of talk about, let's go into this. So me and Chris, obviously, we don't mind the woo type things. So I guess, Chris, kind of, if you want to go over, like, the little stance, we kind of, our usual talk we have about uh, the whole woo thing. Sure. I mean, I, I'm fully aware that, you know, not everyone in this world is um, is a wrestling fan, and that's totally fine. Like, I'm not a NASCAR person. I'm not a golf person. I'm not a soccer person or a lot of things, to be honest. Um, so I understand that it may not be everyone's cup of tea. I will also admit that I think that, as with most things shiny and new, um, there tends to be an overuse of it. Um, but... The thing that I I don't understand, I guess, is the amount of venom that people just seem to throw out, and not only the fact that people in the in the stands are doing the Ric Flair woo, but like the amount of hatred and name calling at those fans that they must be lesser people or lesser fans, or whatever, because they like it. And as I've stated numerous times on the podcast, and you know, when, when Mr. Blues Hat and I were talking last week, I'm like, look, man, there are things that happen at every Blues game that I personally think are stupid. I, If I ever find those people with the plastic horns that – blast out the let's go blues thing on their plastic horn every 30 seconds i'm gonna beat them over the head with them because they sound like dying drafts but whatever there's people who like it i think the power play dance is the dumbest thing i've seen in sports since the wave but whatever people like it and if it's something that is creating an atmosphere in the arena and it's not derogatory and it's not obscene. I get it, man. Different strokes for different folks. You're never going to have everybody loving everything that's going on at the game. And that's just kind of been my stance the whole time. Yeah. And I think you'll probably find out that, 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 you know, this isn't good for ratings, but you and I probably will agree more on this than we disagree. I I think. Sure. I think the, oh, there crux, goes our of it, the crux of it is is you like you said the shiny and new and people overdo it. That is the key for me right there. Yeah. Well, t- two keys. One 
it's it's a stolen bit that's done in every arena uh hockey baseball basketball everywhere it's it's unoriginal and it's annoying um if so to, to contrast what you said about you don't like power play dance you think it's stupid the thing about the power play dance is it's controlled you know that it's going to happen when there's a power play and it sure. only happens when there's a power play and that's it the woo it's one person opens his yap then his buddy you know next to him opens his yap then somebody three sections over opens his yap and you get this howling for nothing that's going on particularly in the ice um, and it just it it just grates at you. You know, I'm trying to watch the game, and all of a sudden it's woo 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 woo. It's it's just people making noise for for nothing. You know, if you're cheering a play, if you want to woo after a goal, if there's a if there's a purpose, I would have zero problems with it all. It's just that it. It's, I understand that. It's just annoying that it's so random. Yeah, the randomness of it is. Um a bit odd. And I agree. There, there's times where I'll hear it start and I'm like, what are, what are we wooing? Classic example. And, and I guess this might not be a good example. People just want to hear themselves. And I guess that's what annoys me more. If it was, a, yeah, I get if it was about the crowd or being energetic or whatever, it's not, it's about these people wanting to hear themselves. It's like the guy that whistles at the baseball games. I mean, it, I, it's just wanting to hear yourself. Yeah. I understand that. I do. I get that. Um, I think, and there's there's been a lot of people, just random people in what I call blues Twitter, who uh, who do it. But like, man, the amount of like put downs that people have thrown out there, belittling the people who do it because oh, they're wrestling fans. Well, we know what that means. They must be uneducated. They must be dirty. You know, all these different things. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I get it. I, I get that it's not everyone's cup of tea. But it is, for better or worse, probably as big as it has ever been as far as a cultural thing. Hell, man, Sports Center is covering wrestling now. And it's not even a real sport, but it gets coverage on Sports Center. Like, yeah, you, I, I agree with you. I, I think relevance. I, I think you, you, there is, you know, a, a level of vitriol that is that is not necessary. Um, but you know, that's the anonymity of Twitter. Um, For sure, know, people get brave when they're you know don't really have any consequences to suffer. So, I um, I ended up kind of getting into it with a girl on Twitter following WWE night when she made the comment that she saw people or she implied that she saw that people were selling their tickets just to avoid going to that night. And I replied to her and I said, if you're selling your tickets strictly because of a theme night, you probably need to seek professional help and learn how to deal with things that aren't, 100% in your comfort zone. Well, and I, I, I get where you're going with that, but I think what people thought, um, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of thought this too, uh, to, a, to an extent, maybe not enough to sell my tickets, but it's like if the woo is bad when it's regular you know, night, right? how bad is it going to be you know, it's going to be three straight hours of wooing if it's WWE night. Right. Now, actually, in reality, um, I thought there was actually less wooing than a, on a normal I thought night. there was, too. And and maybe it's because they were distracted with some of the other things that happened. Maybe it's because the team sucks. I you know, I don't know. But, um, but, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how woo-free the game was. Yeah, and yeah. I, think I, I think I've talked – I'll jump in super quick here. But, like, I think when me and Chris have talked about it a couple of times – and um, when people, certain people online are complaining about it and stuff, maybe it's like the section we're sitting in. Because with me and Chris, um, and I told Chris I actively sat there during a, one of the games, not even up WWE night, but one of the other games we went to. And mind you, watch the game, but I actively listened for like anybody wooing, and I counted on my phone 
just to see, just to make sure. And I count three times and I'm like, maybe I can't hear because it's like, obviously we're down low next to the, we're like six or seven rows off the ice or whatever. Yeah. And maybe it's just an up high, maybe it's an upper deck thing. Maybe that's why, that's why I told people too, is like, maybe from where I'm at, I just can't hear it as I well. Think it's, it it's a big, is it more, maybe it's more popular in the upper deck than it is on the lower deck. I don't know. Like every time I went, I have not noticed it. And then, like I said, but I'm also not bothered by it, but I like actively listened that one game to a point where I'm like more, most more focused on making sure if I hear anybody woo or any kind of, sound close to it, I would count it just to see what was going on. And I didn't notice it. And that's why maybe I kind of maybe take a, was taking like, you know, taking offense to it a bit and whatever. Cause I'm like, I don't notice it. Maybe it's the game I went to. And, but I, you know, I have certain people on other podcasts, you know, we're very, well, I have a guy in my ear constantly yelling it. And I'm like, well, maybe that's go to an usher. Go. If there's a guy that's constantly doing it, the, you can, say something like that. There's a guy who's in your ear constantly doing it. If there's a guy who does it every once in a while, then he gets a guy in three sections over to do it. And that guy over there. So I get like, I understand hundred percent get your point about the doing it for a random reason. Like they drop the puck in the, in the defensive zone and all of a sudden you're wooing for no reason. Like, okay, that's no reason. Like I hundred, I thousand percent get that. Cause it's like, okay, settle down guys. Like there's no reason. And part of me is like, that's stupid. So, well, and let's let's just be real for a second. If this team was the was playing to the level that we expected them to right now, none of us would give a damn about the woos to the degree that we do right now. Winning cures a lot of ills, and it, it's a it lot does. more fun. It, it, it's a it, lot it, more fun when you're winning games than it is when you're losing, because then everything starts to grade on you even more. Yeah, and, and I think you're 100% right as far as Twitter goes. Now, I'm probably a special case because I'm um, a, a little more hard on game day entertainment uh, as it is. Um, you know, I was sort of in with uh, with the guy that was running that uh, for a couple of years until he <laughs> uh, basically went nuts and let Angela go. Um, and, you know, um, he's now on my shit list. And so I'm <laughs> actively uh, pointing out any of the things that are really annoying, uh, not fan-friendly, uh, make no sense, poorly done. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little hypersensitive to those kinds of things anyway. Understood. Yeah, I mean, I get it. So um, like I said um, some of those, like, I get it because I mean they're, they're you know and like change is hard. And like me and Chris have talked about this on a podcast too, where change like this sometimes this town or comes like where something gets changed, it takes a while for people to come around and do stuff. I'm not saying for in game entertainment, I don't say anything in general. People complain about you the color of the seats and the color of the paints on the walls and you know, and then to the point where they they've Made some adjustments, obviously, because now they changed the seats. Now Chris had his problem with the what was it, twenty five dollars of food on your ticket? Oh, yeah, opening night we had club seats, and yeah. uh, we supposed to have twenty five bucks worth of uh, food and drink on our tickets. And the mobile devices they were using to scan wouldn't scan, so we either had to go down to the concession stands where they would scan, or we just had to wait for them to figure stuff out. I ordered chicken strips before they did the, the opening starting lineups, and I got those chicken strips with five minutes left in the second period. Yeah, and uh, they've as of today, which I don't know if you saw this, Chris, or uh, Mr. Blue's hat, they've changed those seats back to what they were. They are all-you-can-eat seats again now. Yeah. So, um, so maybe they're maybe learning from the mistakes, hopefully, but sadly enough, that's the biggest news we got for the Blues today outside of the injury news. Can I put an asterisk on something from earlier in, in talking about the in-game entertainment? I will say um, that Jason and I had a chance to meet and talk to Carly. Uh, was it last weekend, two weekends ago? The WWE night. Yeah, and she is delightful. Like, mm -hmm. she is Very nice. fantastic. So, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people – who go back and forth on what they like and what they don't like with the entertainment. But, you know, 
the one thing that I don't like, and I haven't seen a lot of people do it, but I have seen some, is people will, will run and take runs at her online. It's like, hey, man, that girl's just doing her job. She didn't ask to get thrown into the middle of all this. And, you know, personally, I think she's doing a fine job. She may mm-hmm. not be what some people liked or, or whatever about the previous host, but, I mean, I can't personally criticize her because I, I think she's fine. And like I've always said, for me, I'm far more concerned right now with what's happening on the ice than I am the person who's telling me when to yell, let's go blues. Yeah, I'm, I'm purposefully trying not to be negative uh, yet. I'm still trying to form my opinions on, on the new in-game hosts. Um, there, there are some, some things I don't like about what, what, what Carly's doing, but you know she may settle into her job still. Um, I, I think she's the better of the two so far. I agree. I'm not, not, not impressed really with James at all. Um, I, I just don't think he brings the energy or the enthusiasm. Um, I would agree. At least, I think at least she's like enthusiastic around home. Um, but you know, I'm I'm still letting that sit in, it, and and it's tough for me because again, I'm I'm I, I don't think there was any reason to let Angela go. Um, but it's it's done now, and so we're, you know, I'm just trying to give the new people a little bit of a chance. Sure. Yeah, I think, I said, we're eleven games. I think eleven home games in, right? Right, right. right. I think I saw you know about eleven home games in. So I figured it's going to take some time to get in there. Plus, I mean, like I said, I don't know all what goes on behind the scenes and all that good stuff and how they produce the game day segments and stuff. So uh, you got me. So like I said, I, I like I said, I'm only at a handful of games a year. So I and when I go there, like I focus on the games and the and the on game entertainment. Is there? I mean, I'm fine with it. And so far, from what I noticed, I agree with your guys' thing. I think Carly's doing a pretty good job, from what I can tell. The other guy just hasn't really. I don't know. He's, I don't know. Just he hasn't doesn't seem like he's really. I don't know. I'd say not interested in the game, but I mean, that's not the wrong way to put it. Just it just seems like he just doesn't. He reminds me of Ricky Bobby. He's like, what do I do with my hands? Ah, you know, you know like he seems like he like you know like he doesn't know what to do. Sometimes he's like. There's a lot of silence in between stuff where I know Angela is very good about filling in the gaps. And I think that's something that's going to come with doing the job more, more and more and more. I could be completely wrong in in this. And he may very well be a a well-educated fan of the game. Um, And I'll apologize in advance if if he is, because this is just my opinion of what I observe. But I think the difference when you, when you look at someone like Angela and you look at someone like Carly because I think Carly's even a fan too. I don't get that vibe from him. I get that he's doing a job, and it could just as easily be any other form of MC that he may not be like, oh, so here's what it is. He'd be great at calling bingo. The let's do that yeah. skit. Yeah. Okay. That's what this reminds me of. Like, he's doing the job, but he has zero idea of what's happening on that rank. Yeah, maybe. Like I said, that's how, that's how it at least comes off to us. You know? well, and, that, and that's the way that, that it was with Pascal as well. And, you know, that fortunately they, they did notice that and, and got rid of him. So, so Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I like Pascal. I've, I've worked with him before. But I agree with you that he never seemed comfortable, comfortable. In, in anything that he was doing on camera. And we'll put this caveat in there, so instead of being super negative about the guy all the time, he could grow into the job and be fine at it. For sure. But so far, that's of course first impressions or everything, and unfortunately, that's how it's come across so far. So let's see how things go. Like I said, in the future, we're going to have Carly's going to come on the show. We're going to learn more about her, and I think maybe that will help kind of fans maybe help endear her to Blues fans a little bit more. So. And again. I, and I still say this, and I hold this to be the, the biggest thing that fixes it all, is this team starts winning some games, man. People are going to get a lot more relaxed. Yep, 100% agree. So we'll start to wrap it up there, and then uh, so we've been going a little bit here. So uh, if you can hold of us on. On, on the in-game oh. entertainment thing, when, when Blue's Hat and I and Fabry's stash were all going around last weekend, 
the thing that made me happiest of all of this is at no point did any of us start name calling or yelling or or getting overly irate at each other. It was a civil discussion of point and counterpoint. There was never any, I'm right, you're wrong, you're stupid for thinking that way. Because it's all subjective. And we were able to have a civil conversation and talk about points of view. And as fans of this team, that's what we should do. And it's not easy to be a fan of this team right now. It's easy to pick every damn thing apart from the 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 in-game entertainment to I mean look at what we've talked about in the last hour. You've talked about in-game entertainment, food and beverage, um, and let alone the product on the ice. And there's problems with all of them. But it, it, you know, it's it's easy right now to pick this team apart from top to bottom. But we all still want the same thing at the end of the day. And that's that we want this team to succeed. And we're all fans. And the fact that we were able to have a civil conversation, I think, is something that you reflected whether you're talking about sports or politics nowadays is not as easy to do as it used to be. And I love that we were able to have a two-hour Twitter conversation and at no point did anyone start throwing middle fingers up at each other until we started talking about country music because nobody likes country music. Amen. <laughs> That's correct. So like I said, we appreciate you coming on and having a good conversation where everybody gets to talk about stuff and it's all like Chris said, subjective. Everybody gets to get their viewpoint across, which I think is great. And which is one of the reasons why we do this. So Let's go ahead and wrap things up. If you can get a hold of uh, us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? At Hasselpalooza. Mr. Blues Hat is at? At Mr. Blues Hat. Very simple. So also you can get a hold uh, all of us on Facebook, uh, Blues Hockey Podcast, same with Instagram. Uh, to find the pro- podcast, we are on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. I wish we I, – we, we're, we're working on a Tinder profile currently. So We are. Yeah, so we'll do Tinder eventually. And not to discriminate, we will do Grinder if, if it is requested. So just to put that out there. I will not be in charge of it. So anyway, but um and YouTube. And of course our website, blueshockeypodcast.com and also .net. So um like I said, in the day this team needs to get better. Let's just we can all agree on that at least. That's yeah. a plain and simple. So once again, Mr. Blues Hat, thank you for coming on and talking with us. Yeah, and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, so we'll uh, have you on again soon, hopefully in a better circumstances when the team is uh, maybe back in a playoff spot or doing well, at least doing better. That's all I care about. Let's just at least go out there and play a good game and hopefully win. I'd rather have that. You know? That's so. what we'll say, maximum effort. Correct. Yeah, we'll leave it on that. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.